Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. White privilege is just an acknowledgement that our world is uneven. We live in a country that's unequal. All human beings share solidarity. All of us are made in God's image equally and therefore worthy of dignity. We're all ruined and rebellious against God and therefore calls us solidarity in sin. And we all need the same Savior. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome in. Welcome in. It is Wednesday all over the world. Well, I think all over the world, at least in the part of world that we're inhabiting here. That still may not even be right. Anyway, hey, welcome in. It's Wednesday, and that can only mean that it is Witness Wednesday. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio. Todd is out on the campus this week. He is at Georgia Tech looking for some students to drop the G-bomb on. That's the gospel. I'm not going to waste a whole lot of time setting this up. Let's get out to the campus now. Hey, young man. I'm doing well, thank you. I don't want to wreck your lunch, so keep eating, okay? All right. But I want to ask you a question on the radio. Are you up for the game? Sure. Dude, I got one question I want to ask you. If you could ask God one question, what would it be? How did the universe start? Really? Mm -hmm. Hmm. How do you think it started? Well, if God does exist and if he does have an answer, I'll be willing to know. Uh, but I, I'm, I think people just theorize about how it started. They say it's by chance, which I do believe. No. So, but if there's any other theory, you'd be open. Mm-hmm. Um, how's about he made it? Doesn't mean I'll accept it. But. Right, right, right. Okay, so how's about the answer? He made it. He's bigger than the universe. He's got the power. He's got the ingenuity. He made it. How's that? Well, I find that we use God to explain things we don't really understand. Could be. So Fill in the gaps. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. you know, I guess I would need proof. How's about everything that he's made, all the stuff? The proof is we're sitting on it. We're looking at it. We're breathing it. But how do you know it was he who made it? How do you know that this is all by chance? Well, I, the same way that I look at your sesame chicken, is that what you're eating? Yes, it is. Sesame chicken. It actually looks pretty good. There's a lot of chicken in that. Okay, the same way that I know that your sesame chicken didn't come together by chance, I know, I didn't even go into the kitchen where they made that, and I would bet my life that somewhere there's a chef who put that together and put it in a bowl. I would bet my life on it, and I've never even seen them. But I know that they exist because I have the proof in the end product. Same thing with creation. I know beyond the shadow of a doubt there's a creator because there's an organized creation. What do you think of that? But you don't have proof for the creator. The creation. But the creation doesn't always justify the creator. When doesn't it? Well... Okay, I'll, do, I'll try a scientific experiment, all right? Mm-hmm. I'm guessing you're kind of a science guy, right? Sort of. Sort of? Mm-hmm. Okay. You got about, uh, you, we could either take that rice out of that bowl or some of those sesame seeds. And I would, I'd bet money again if I had any. If we took, let's say, 50 pieces of that rice and we lined it up on the stoop here, right in a row, neatly in a row, and we brought anybody on this campus up here and pointed that out to them, you know what they're going to say? 
Who did that? I don't think anybody would say, oh, random chance, rice got together and lined itself up like that. We intuitively know when something is organized and structured and designed, there's a designer. Sort of like when you look at a painting, you immediately know, ah, there's a painter. I don't need to meet the fella. I see the result on the canvas. And the same thing is true with creation. I got all the proof I need. Somebody put this thing together, because here it is. But would you call the universe structured? Oh, yeah. And amazing. I'd call us structured. I'd call these green plants here structured. I'd call that broccoli in your bowl structured. It's amazing. I'd call the eyes that can actually see that stuff and the brain that can figure it out and interpret it amazingly structured. Don't you think we're organized? That is, yes, I do think so. I don't think that we came from structured things. I think, how did life start? I wasn't really structured. Oh, so it became structured once it actually got started. Well, but you've grown, but it doesn't mean you're not structured. Even when you came together, sperm and egg, that's still structured. You just became bigger. Yeah, but not, I'm talking about like bacterial life, like in the beginning of life. Yeah. That was well, all. Our, the, the only thing the about that is we don't seem to have a single example of something that's less complex becoming more complex with additional information being added all by itself to become more sophisticated. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, that would be counter to our laws of physics. We don't go from disorder to order. We go from order to disorder. Let me try something out. What are you studying here at Georgia Tech? Mm, I'm studying mechanical engineering. Where are you from, by the way? Costa Rica. Yeah, you've got just a, just a touch of an accent. Yeah, but I couldn't quite pick it up. Okay, what's your first name? So I don't... Jose. Jose, nice to meet you. Let me, let me try this with you. All right, let me try your conscience. Let me go around your intellect, and let's see if we can hit your conscience. Do you know what your conscience is? Something that's there, but I'm not always aware of it. The thing that tells you, uh-oh, I'm doing something wrong here. That's the thing that... It's the courtroom in your mind that tells you that was bad. All right. I want to try to get to your, to your conscience for a second. All right. Jose, would you consider yourself to be a good person? Well, you have to define good. Okay, fair enough. How's about Ten Commandments good? No. No. Because you've lied, I'm guessing? Among other things, yeah. Among other things? <laughs> Stealing, perhaps? Yeah. Uh-huh. Dishonoring your parents by being naughty as a child? I don't think my parents would call. I don't think their honor depends on what I necessarily do in my private life. Well, whether it's private or public. That depends on culture. Right? Yeah. Well, when you lie, that doesn't honor your parents. Or when they maybe told you to make your bed and you didn't do it. Anytime you were a naughty child, then you would be dishonoring them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, what about blasphemy, taking God's name in vain? Instead of swearing or using a four-letter filth word, you use God's name to express disgust. Have you ever done that? Not, not to express disgust, but maybe surprise, yes. Okay, whatever, but not to praise him, certainly. Um, well, I don't... I'm not going to say I deny that God exists. But uh, I know there's something some supernatural power between humans and a connection between everything but I'm not necessarily sure that there's a creator it's God alright you know I know that I know there's something but I don't know what it is I don't think many of us know what it is okay have you ever 
whether here on campus or anyplace else, have you ever looked at a woman with lust, with sexual desire? Uh, yes. Okay. Okay, so I just asked you four commandments. Mm-hmm. And you've broken them. All right? So let's say you die, and okay. you meet the Creator, and He's the one who wrote the commandments. Mm-hmm. You've broken His laws. Mm-hmm. Would He find you innocent or guilty? Oh, guilty. Guilty. All right, so if you're guilty, I'll say, and God is holy and he's righteous and he's just very important he's just mm-hmm. should he send you to heaven or to hell well considering heaven and hell exists as opposed to hell yeah. yeah because you've broken his laws and he owns you because he made you and he has rights to you what do you know about hell I know it's I believe it's a creation to make humans try to live righteous lives. Is it a good place or a bad place? It's generally described as a bad place. Yeah. What goes on there? Do you have any idea? Well, I, there's many theories of what hell is. Yeah. There's Dante's Inferno, but generally it means everlasting punishment. Mm-hmm. Black, completely dark, can't see your hand in front of your face. Thirsty, or lots of fire, thirst, yeah, lots of yeah. fire, weeping, mm-hmm. grinding your teeth because you're so miserable. A bottomless pit, so you always feel like you're falling and you never get to the bottom of it. A bad place, right? Mm-hmm. You die. God judges you, knows that you're guilty. You've broken the laws and sends you to a terrible place. That is horrible news. Do you have any idea what the good news of the gospel is? Do you know what that is? Really? What's Costa Rica? Is it Roman Catholic, Catholic mostly? Yeah. Okay, what's Easter? Easter? Yeah. Um, not quite sure. Not sure? Mm. Did you ever go to church on Easter? I've been to church other times, but not... But not for Easter. Easter. What, what? That's the Good Friday thing. There you go. Okay. Right. boy. Good Friday. I have a general Je- idea of what it is. Okay, Jesus died. Mm. All right, Jesus, the yeah. God man, fully God, came to this earth, took on human form. Sorry, man. Took on human form mm-hmm. to be your representative so that he could represent you in a courtroom against a holy God. So he's fully God, coming from the Father, representing you as a human being to accomplish a mission. And the mission was to pay the fine for your sins. You've got a debt with God. You've broken his laws. Okay. You deserve to be punished by God because you've sinned against him. And it's a big deal because he's high and he's holy and he's perfect. All right. Talk about a cliffhanger, right? That's what I do best. That's why they paid me the big bucks around here is to interrupt. Hang tight. Tape is still rolling. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more from Todd and Jose from the campus of Georgia Tech right after this. It's a Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. Like the Pointer Sisters, I am so excited and I just can't hide it. The Masters Academy International is embarking on a bold new program to distribute Bibles internationally. There are oh so many wretched people who love to give to ministries who are giving out Bibles. And the Masters Academy International is going to start doing just that in the Philippines. But they don't want to give out just any Bible to just anybody. They're going to give away John MacArthur Study Bibles to Christians who 
cannot afford them in a local Bible teaching church. Can you imagine the impact? How much do you love your MacArthur Study Bible? For $25, you could put a Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines. I'll do the math. It's not tricky. Four Bibles, $100. Maybe you could commit to giving a Bible a month to a believer in the Philippines. Please visit wretched.org slash Bible, wretched.org slash Bible to join the Master's Academy International. Have you ever wanted to understand your Bible just a little bit better? Well, that's the promise that we're going to make with the Read Your Bible Better Bundle. It's available right now at wretched.org through the end of this month. First up in the bundle, you're going to find Herman Who. If you've ever struggled with interpreting the Bible in the correct fashion, you know, grammatically and historically, well, then Herman Who is for you. Also in the bundle, you're going to find It's Not Greek to Me. So when you nod along with your pastor during church, you'll know exactly why you're nodding along. Then there's Drive By Theology. No more confusion, no more uncertainty. You'll know exactly what you believe and why you believe it. And then Jesus Unmasked is also included. With Jesus Unmasked, you'll start to see the Bible as a cohesive book about one subject, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, and did I mention along with all of these resources, you're also going to get their study guides. It's the Read Your Bible Better bundle, and it's only available right now at wretched.org through the end of the month. I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. That's a big decision, and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Freel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, we can trust this ministry, Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry, 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Books of the Bible. Philemon was a Christian and fellow worker with Paul. His slave named Onesimus had stolen from him and run away. By God's providence, Onesimus met Paul and became a Christian. Paul sent Onesimus back with this letter, urging Philemon to forgive Onesimus and treat him as a brother in Christ. This letter is a grand example of the gospel in action. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. I don't want to be the one to say I told you so, but I told you so. Told you it wasn't going to take too long. We are back now with more witnessing here on Wretched Radio. Todd's out on the campus of Georgia Tech this week, and he has been talking with our new friend, Jose. So he sent his son to take the punishment that you deserve. The good man being punished for the bad man. The just man dying for the unjust man so that your badness can be credited to him and his goodness can be credited to your account. So that you, if you will respond to the gospel by repenting, which is a biblical word that means agreeing with God. He exists. He's perfect. I've lived my own way. I've sinned against him and I'm sorry. And you turn from your sins and you put your trust in his son, the Savior Jesus. He says that he will forgive all of your sins, grant you everlasting life because of what Jesus did on your behalf. 
that's the good news of the gospel. Okay. And you reject that, I'm guessing. Well, I don't know. It's maybe if I was there when Jesus was there, and I saw what He did, and I experienced it. I mean, our lifetimes are short compared to the life of the universe. So I don't think I don't, I don't think it really matters what someone does in their lifetime. I guess what matters is what you enjoy doing in your lifetime. I agree with how that. you spend your lifetime. It does matter. Mm-hmm. And the problem is how we spend our time and what we do. Mm-hmm. We look, we lust, we sin, we rebel, we don't thank God, we live our own way, well, we steal his air. If God created us, why did he create bad and all the things that he... He didn't. We do restrict us from doing Yeah, yeah. We do well, bad things. We wouldn't know what bad is if we weren't supposed to it. Well, actually, I, I think we would because it's what we are. We just are bad. We do bad things. Mm-hmm. We think bad thoughts. We have bad actions. We have bad desires. So life implicates that you do bad things. Unless you stick someone in a room from the when they're born, not expose them to anything. They'd still they'd still do bad things. I'm sure of it. Have you have you ever seen a baby? Man, they're selfish. They scream. They yell. They want their own way now. Okay. I mean, they'll, they'll, they would they would they'd cut your head off to get what they wanted. They just they're just little sinners, is what they are. Well, we are. Okay, here's 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 maybe one last thought for you. If what I just shared with you is true, that Jesus Christ, God Himself, died for you, can you think of an act that anybody has ever done for you that is more kind than that? No. Fortunately, I've had a good life so far. Yeah. But nobody's ever done anything that nice for you. Well, it's hard to compare a human who has so many flaws to God's counterpart on Earth. Don't you think? Well, just because it's, it's, it's maybe difficult for me to imagine, it makes an awful lot of sense. Doesn't it? I mean, if there if there is a God and there's a Creator of all of this stuff, there's something inside of me that says I've been living in a wrong way against Him, and this is the only story that clim- that allows my conscience to not be freaked out when I go to bed at night. And besides that, it's amazingly good news. See, all the, all the other world religions—I don't know how familiar you are with Buddhism or Hinduism or any other religion for that, or even Roman Catholicism for that matter, all teaches basically the same thing. God is up there, mm-hmm. and you are down here, and you've got to do something to get your way to Him. Mm-hmm. Christianity teaches just the opposite of that. He's way up there, we're down here, and there is nothing we can do to get our way there. In fact, all we do is drive ourselves further and further away from Him by living rebellious lives. But instead of trying to figure out a way where we can reconcile ourselves to Him, He came up with a way to reconcile us to Himself. We don't do the reconciling. He does. And that way, it is a gift of God. It's something that He does for us so that He's the one who can get credit. Because, see, if you could do all the good things, Jose, and give away money 
or discover a cure to an illness and say, that's why I went to heaven, then people would praise you. But you're not God, and God's going to get all the praise, and this plan allows him to get all the praise for saving a bad guy like you. Nothing you do, everything that Jesus did on your behalf. It, it's uniquely different than any other world system. Well, then, what's the point of being here? Good question. Here it is. Here's, here's the biblical answer, and I don't think you'll find a better answer than this. Okay. You are here to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. As good as your sesame chicken is, as wonderful as your life has maybe been, and all the experiences that you have had, nothing compares to enjoying God. Nothing. Because He's the best thing there is. And it's finally, our entire lives, living wrong, out of sorts with our Creator, finally brought into a right relationship with Him. But there's that first part too. Do you remember what I said? You're here to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And here's how you glorify God. Okay, there's two ways you're going to glorify God. One of two ways. Okay. First way is the harsh way. Ready? You live your own way. You die your own way. And then God will pay you the wages for what you have earned. Mm -hmm. For all of your sinning or lying, whether it's pornography or uh, being inappropriate with girls, dishonoring your parents, coveting things, whatever it's been, he's going to give you exactly what you deserve, and you'll glorify him in hell for forever, because he will execute justice on you. And he'll get glorified because he is going to have the last word. You won't forgive me? No, he won't. He'll punish you. But there's another way you can glorify God. You can humble yourself today, agree with him, he's right, I'm wrong, I've been living for myself, I've sinned against him in countless ways, and I'm sorry. And you turn from your sins. You don't become perfect, but you turn from them with a new attitude. I don't want those sins anymore. I don't want to live for him, myself. I want to live for him now. And you put your trust in his son, the Savior. So you repent and trust, and then God says he'll forgive you based on what Jesus did, you will have complete forgiveness of sins. He'll adopt you as his son and give you the heirs of everlasting grant you the heirs of everlasting life. And then for all of eternity he can point to Jose and say, If you would like to know how good I am and how kind I am, I saved Jose. The guy who was a sinner, who lied and stole and lusted, I saved him. That's how good I am. And you will glorify him so that he can demonstrate his kindness by saving you. So either way, you'll glorify him. But the second offer is a whole lot better than the first. So that's why you're here. One way or another, you're going to glorify God. Kicking and screaming or surrendering. What do you think of that? That sounds pretty good, but um, I, don't, I don't see how... What, what's the point of glorifying God if in the end we all die? And what happens after that? You go to heaven or hell? That's right. If you go to hell, you're already in hell. What are you going to do about it? Nothing but be miserable. Mm -hmm. But you don't know you're going to be miserable. Oh, you will be, whether you acknowledge it or not. Well, it's all, it's all creation of your mind that hell exists. Uh, you'll go to hell if you're bad. Well, it could be. Bad people win sometimes. It could be a creation of your mind. But... 
Yeah, I guess then it comes down to figuring out what's true. I mean, I could believe a lot of things. I could believe that you and I are going to spend eternity in Costa Rica. Right. But I can believe that, and I can be wrong. But the question is, what is true? And so you should take a look. You're a young man, but you're a man nonetheless. And you should figure out what's true when it comes to big things like this. Because you've got options. Well, I don't think humans have the capacity to reach such conclusions. Why not? Because of all the flaws you mentioned. Well, you've got flaws, but it doesn't mean you can't figure stuff out. You figure stuff out all day when you're studying here at Georgia Tech. And this isn't that difficult. This is really simple. What I just shared with you is really a child can get this. Well, because a child has no other conceptions of many things. Well, I I would say that there's another reason, Jose. It's because a child is simple, and a child is more trusting than we are. We, we tend to get a little bit of knowledge. We think we know a lot. We think we can figure everything out scientifically through empiricism. Well, not always. Well, I, I think agree. science fails sometimes. No, I agree. But I but. think that that gets in the way of us believing something really simple and something that just makes a great deal of sense that God would make us, that he'd give us rules, that he would provide a way for us to be reconciled to himself. It just makes a lot of sense. So all I can do is ask you to ponder it and just think it through to see if it's true or not. I I do ponder it. Sometimes, you know, it's kind of like nailing jello to the wall when you go out witnessing and talk to unbelievers because people are just so smart. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a rip against being intellectual because I certainly wish I had more intellect. But there is a difference between intellect and wisdom. And let's hope as Jose moves on from here, let's pray for that young man and pray that as he continues searching for the answers to the questions that he has, that he seeks out wisdom and not just mere intellect. All right. Well, we have more witnessing still to come with the campus of Georgia Tech. Going to take this quick break. We'll be back with more Witness Wednesday right here on Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. We kick things off with Amazon CEO Andy Jassy, who seems to have taken a cue from his predecessor, Jeff Bezos, with the principle of disagree and commit. What am I talking about? Well, Jassy recently urged employees who've been working remotely for the last three years due to COVID to return to the office at least three days per week. Apparently, there's some people working for Amazon who got the idea that their home office was a lifetime thing. Anyway, Jassy pointed out that the split between remote and in-office workers is unfair, and if employees can't disagree and commit to the new policy, then he hinted that their Amazon Prime membership might be at risk the career one. that going to actually happen? Well, we'll have to wait and see. Switching gears, a recent study conducted by the Family Research Council Center for Biblical Worldview has some concerning findings regarding the American church landscape. According to the study, about one in six regular churchgoers admit to having had, paid for, or encouraged an abortion. The study also suggests there's a discrepancy between being in the pews and living out a biblical worldview. We actually already knew that one. But anyway, 65% of respondents believe the Bible clearly identifies when human life begins. A concerning 20% disagree with that statement. Is there room for improvement? Yeah, at least 20%. 
Now on to teams and technology, which we've talked about quite a bit at Wretched. Pediatrician Meg Meeker has noted a troubling link between depression and social media use among teenage girls. One 15-year-old recently, according to Meeker, attributed her suicide attempt partly to a toxic relationship with her smartphone. Meeker suggests an alternative to social media. What would that alternative be? Well, there's a lot of discussion on what it could be. My recommendation is there's no better alternative to social media and smartphone use than not having one at all. Rock and roll legend and professing Christian Alice Cooper seems to be in a little bit of hot water. After expressing traditional beliefs about gender in children, Cooper lost a business deal with Vampire Cosmetics. Cooper says that we should let kids be without gender confusion, but apparently that's not a viewpoint that's fashionable with companies that make products they want kids to wear when they're pretending to be a different gender. See how that works. Yeah, in today's upside-down world, if you agree with traditional beliefs that children should be safe and there are only two genders, well, then you're the problem. You're an enemy. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio, straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation means a wrath-removing sacrifice. Jesus bore God's wrath on our behalf, and in return, we receive His righteous standing before God the Father. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we are back here to Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio, which means this is Wednesday, a Witness Wednesday. And it's been a pretty good one so far. If you've been listening, you heard Todd speaking with Jose on the campus of Georgia Tech just a few moments ago. And we'll continue now as we send it back out to the campus to see who Todd has tracked down. Yeah, I wanted to ask you a question. Is there any way, like you were talking about he- heaven and uh, hell, is there any way to prove it by your own? Yeah. You know that it exists. It really exists. Well, here's, here's where we need to start. Yeah. We start by looking around at these buildings and we know there was a builder. Mm-hmm. We look at the trees and there had to be a tree maker. Yeah. So we know there's a God. Now, the question is, what can I learn about God by looking at what he made? Mm-hmm. Now, you and I are communicating. Yes. Would it be fair for me to assume that the God who made us is a communicator? Mm-hmm. We communicate. Yes. I think he communicates. Now, the question then is, how does he communicate? Uh-huh. There's several books that claim communication from God. One of them is the Bible. Mm-hmm. And the Bible, if read, I think with an open mind and an open heart, makes it clear God created the world. He's going to judge the world in righteousness. Mm-hmm. And it is right for him to send people either to a good place or to a bad place. And yes. that's what the Bible describes. And your conscience, mm-hmm. that thing in your brain, says, you know what, that makes sense. And that's why we have even justice on the earth today. That's why we have courtrooms to punish lawbreakers. God, if he is just, must punish and send people to hell. Okay. So I was asking this guy where he would go. Were you tagging along and listening to those questions? Well, uh, me, myself, I don't believe personally that uh, there is any place where I will go, whether it's heaven or hell. I don't believe in that neither. Right. I understand yeah. that. But where, if it exists, where would you go, heaven or hell? 
I think after, according to the Bible, after death, you know, you're gone. You don't even have a memory. People That's not don't what even the Bible remember teaches you. at all. The Bible teaches you get judged by God and you go to heaven or you go to hell. Do you know what hell is like? Well, I don't know and I'm not trying to know because uh, I think it's a way to, to maybe uh, frighten people because the Bible, like you said, it says in the book of Ecclesiastes that after death, you don't even have a memory. The dead don't worship God. Yeah. That's, 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 that's not what it teaches. I'm guessing you have a Jehovah's Witness background? No, no. no? no. I just read. i just trying to inform myself. If you read the rest of Ecclesiastes and go to Ecclesiastes 12, I believe it's verse 8, makes it clear that the person who wrote Ecclesiastes, Solomon, mm-hmm. believed that there was absolutely an afterlife. That's not what he meant earlier in Ecclesiastes. And the Bible is replete with the concept. You get judged, you go to heaven, or you go to hell. And I can understand not wanting to think about it because it's a horrible thought. But it's foolish to suppress the thought because I don't like the idea of it. And by not thinking that it exists doesn't make it go away. Mm-hmm. If it exists, what's your name? My name is Etienne. It, I'll say Etienne. it again. Etienne. 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 Yeah, Etienne. yeah. Where would you go? Heaven or hell if it exists? Well, you said it is a condition if it exists. That's right. But I don't believe in that. Where would you go? I think after I'm, I'm living right now, when I'm dead, I'm dead. I'm gone. Okay, so Etienne, yeah. if it doesn't exist, you know what you should be able to say to me? Mm-hmm. You should be able to say, sir, it doesn't exist, fine. In your little imaginary life, I'd go to hell, but I'm not going because it doesn't exist. So you'd be going to hell, right? Well, if it exists, yeah. Etienne, yeah. if it exists, you're going to hell. If it Do you know does. why? Why? Because you've broken God's laws. Why? Which one? You, you, how many lies have you told? Oh, I told some lies in my yeah. life. Yeah, those are that's one of his laws. Uh-huh. The Bible says all liars will have their part in a lake of fire. Yeah. How many things have you taken from somebody else? I don't steal. All right. Mm-hmm. Even as a child. Probably I've done it, but uh, not God consciously. God doesn't forget the sins of our youth. Okay. So you've stolen things. Have you looked with lust, with sexual I've desire? I've done that, that too, yeah. Yeah, even today, standing here looking at these pretty girls walking by, right? Not absolutely what I'm doing. I'm here, you know, I'm meditating right now. And that yeah. was the main right. point, what I was talking yeah, yeah. about. Yeah. Okay, so you haven't had any time to lust today? I've done it previously, yes. Yeah, okay. So you're an adulterer at heart? Have you taken... No, no. Oh, you are. God sees you as an adulterer. You don't have to commit the act... You need to think about it, and he's got you tagged because he knows the thought life. He knows the deeds that go on inside of our heart. Yeah. ATN, that's why you'd go to hell. You're a lawbreaker. Oh, You're a criminal before God. Before God, yes, but uh, I try to respect the law as much as I can. Which is great, and we should, yes, but yes. that doesn't get us off the hook if we've broken them. Uh, I don't think that... Uh, maybe God is omniscient, you know? And, so. and more than that, ATN... Mm-hmm. You haven't respected the laws because you've broken them. And that demonstrates you're not a respecter of God's laws. You're a lawbreaker. You're not a law keeper or a law respecter. You're a no, lawbreaker. I breaker. respect the law. I respect not, the law. Not when you lie and lust. Well, see, uh, if in that case, believe me, then nobody is going to heaven. I agree. That's what the Bible says. Nobody deserves to go okay. to heaven. Okay. But people do go to heaven. Do you know why they go to heaven? Probably because they do better than other no. people. Nobody does good. You you are exactly right. Nobody deserves to go to heaven. Yeah. Everybody should go to hell, but that's not what the Bible teaches. God is good. He's just, and he's going to punish lawbreakers, including you. Yeah. But to demonstrate his kindness, he'd like to save you from hell. Of course, that would be nice. That's what we're looking for. That's right. So this is how he provided a way for you to escape hell. He sent his son, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, to live the perfect life, to keep all the laws that you've broken. 
to fulfill all righteousness, to be brutally beaten, to be hung on a cross, to take the punishment you deserve. Your hell, if you will, was put on Jesus. Okay. And in exchange, uh, uh he can give you his goodness. You can be seen as perfect before God because of what Jesus did. And then when you die, you can go to heaven, not because you're a good guy, but because you're a bad man who's been forgiven by a good word, yes. good God because of what Jesus did for you. Okay, see, Todd, that's the, that's the problem that I have right now. I don't, you know, reject any of the things that you say. I respect them from the you know, bottom of my heart. But the problem I have right now is that, you know, when it comes to the Jesus and it comes to the Mahomet and it comes to this. Because all this, we have some prophets or some people will call him God himself, Jesus God himself. We have some prophet that says the same thing. The Mahomedan will tell you, if you don't follow Mahomet, you will go to no, hell when you die. Muhammad, the Buddhist Muhammad will tell promises you you'll go to hell because you, you can't keep the laws of Islam. Yeah. Islam and Christianity are different, Etienne. Here's the difference. Islam and Buddhism and Mormonism and Jehovah's Witness all teach the same thing. You must be good and you might be rewarded with paradise. It's a little bit of a simplification, but overall they teach a work-righteous system that says you can be good enough to go to heaven. The Bible is the only religion in the world that presents something radically different, and it says nobody does good, no, not one. Everybody falls short of God's standard. Everybody deserves death and hell and punishment and the wrath of God, but he's rich in mercy, and he sent his son to be born of a virgin, to live and die, that a payment might be provided for the sins of the world, and if you will respond by repenting, apologizing for your sins and putting your trust in Jesus. The Bible teaches you will be forgiven by God. You can't earn your way. The way has been purchased for you. It is by grace alone. Etienne, yeah. I just want to leave you with this thought. I, I want to keep this more question okay, but I want to keep this simple, okay? Yes, yes. If you think that you're good enough to work your way to heaven, mm-hmm. knock yourself out. Mm-hmm. But if there's something inside of you that says, I've I've sinned, I've done wrong, I've lied, I've stolen, I've lusted, I've blasphemed, I've been honored. I need a savior, and you've got one, and his name is Jesus, and all of the other gods are idols. I am the Lord, there is no other, is what the Bible proclaims. They're all wrong. Jesus is right. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And you can come to the Father through him if you'll repent and put your trust in him. It's the good news, ATN. You say you're searching. You've just Uh, heard your answer. Your search is over. But you have got to submit your will and apologize and turn from your wicked ways and put your trust in Jesus. And God says, then I will adopt you as my own child, and I will receive you into my kingdom because of what my son Jesus did for you, that Jesus might be all in all, that he might receive all the glory, all the praise for being the most amazing entity in the entire universe. It's the gospel, Etienne. Your search is over, but now you need to deal with this. Stop looking. All the other ones say work. This one says surrender, and I'll save you. It's the good news of the gospel. Exclusive, yes, but it's right, and it's true, and it's good, and it will save you on the day of judgment. I do not want you to go to hell, and that is not God's wish. He would like to see you come to repentance, and right now, he has arranged for me to be talking to you. I didn't hear his voice. He told me to go. He had me bump into you that you could hear this, that you're a sinner who could be saved. Etienne, 
don't reject this marvelous offer of his amazing no, kindness. No, I do not. I do not reject my but my. But you my are research. until you submit to it. You're rejecting it. Yeah, my, no. It's a confusion that I have, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. If right. you remember the beginning, that's what I said. I'm trying. I, do, I told you I don't have no position. I'm trying to okay. find a position. Well, I've, I've yeah. shared with you what the Bible teaches. Yes, and so, I agree. I accept that. I admit everything that you say. You know, I acknowledge everything that you say. But like I said, I have inside of my own self. I have to admit that I have a confusion, right. and that confusion is that why is that? For example, if you want to take the Bible, it talks that in the ancient time, in the old books, in the sacred books, it was prophesied that there was coming a Messiah to deliver the people of Israel, and they knew that they were awaiting this for millennia, and they, the time and he, came. And he came, and Jesus his name came. is Jesus. Yes, but the and same you know why they people, rejected him? That's one of the things. I'll tell you why. Because they the didn't confusion. want to admit they were sinners. It's pride, Etienne. It's the same thing that will keep you from the good news. Pride, self-righteousness, thinking you can do it, not confessing you're a sinner. Etienne, think about what I just said to you. You can be forgiven by the creator of the universe now. Oh, a lot to unpack there, isn't it? <laughs> Another, let's say, riveting conversation. Todd and Etienne. Uh, Etienne seemed curious. He really did, but he was kind of nonchalant. I don't know if you picked up on that. He's really nonchalant talking about heaven and hell. So let's pray for that young man. Let's pray that seeds were planted today and he seeks deeper truth. All right. Well, we have more witnessing from Georgia Tech still coming up. Don't go anywhere. It's a Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. Busy, busy, busy. Last year, Preborn Ministries provided over 92,000 ultrasounds. 54,000 babies were saved. 69 ultrasound machines were placed, 10,000 people responded to the gospel. Preborn Ministries, very busy, saving babies, saving souls. Would you please consider partnering with Preborn Ministries? $28 per ultrasound, five ultrasounds, $140. Yes, they are expensive, but they save lives. And Preborn Ministries uses good equipment with trained specialists, which is why the success rates are so staggeringly high at saving lives with preborn. Please consider supporting preborn at preborn.org slash wretched preborn.org slash wretched. Ah, thank you for tuning into Wretched Radio today and listen up, gospel partners. I also want to thank you for standing firm with us in the mission to reach millions of people around the world. Your ongoing support has been nothing short of incredible. But guess what? We are not done yet. No, not by a long shot. And we need you to keep standing firm with us as we continue sharing the life-changing gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. As Ephesians 6.13 tells us, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist on the evil day, having done everything to stand firm. And that's what we're desiring from you. And don't worry about wasteful spending because 83% of every dollar you give goes directly to ministry. We're ECFA approved and that's verifiable. So gospel partners, let's continue preaching the gospel to the lost, equipping people to preach the gospel and strengthening the local church. Just visit wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace, amazing gospel. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa. 
And the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Names of God. We learn a lot about God from the names given to him in scripture. One name is Jehovah Sitkenu, the Lord of our righteousness. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 tells us that God made Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Hey, hey, well, we are back on Wretched Radio. It's a Witness Wednesday. Todd's had a couple of interesting conversations so far. Thought-provoking, maybe? Riveting? I think I used that in the last segment. Riveting. Spoken with ETN. He's spoken with Jose. Who's he going to speak with now? Well, let's see who he has cornered this time at the campus of Georgia Tech. It is a Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. What's your first name? It's Darian. Darian. I like this. I can see myself. In your glasses. Oh, yeah. Are those real glasses? These are real glasses. Sweet. All right, Darian, what are you studying? Uh, geology. Geology. Yeah. How do you think the world, geology, how do you think the world got here? Um, Big Bang, maybe? Not sure. Not sure. All right. Then if it's the Big Bang, we'll go with the Big Bang Theory. Where did the stuff for the bang come from? I don't know. Uh, infinite expan- expansion. I don't know. But I'm not a geologist. I'm just taking the class. You're just starting to, you're starting to take it. All right. Now, what about that, that idea like the Bible says that God created the world in six 24-hour days? What do you think of that idea? Part of me thinks it's untrue. Uh, just looking at, you know, how long it would take for evolution to take place and whatnot. Um, but it's not something I really give a lot of thought. Now, did you ever go to church as a kid where they taught you creation? I did, actually. Okay, so when they taught you, when you were a little kid and you sang those songs and maybe you saw little pictures of Noah and the Ark and all that stuff, did they teach you that God created the world then? Uh, yeah. So did you believe it then? I did. But it seems like you don't believe it today. Is that fair? That's, that's pretty accurate. So what changed your mind? Nothing really specific, no one big defining moment, but gradually I just, you know... Do you think it would be fair to say that it was learning, nice to see your eyes, learning in school the concept of evolution, the Big Bang, that maybe moved you away from the biblical account of creation? Uh, I mean, I've just personally been a very inquisitive person. Now, what about when you were a kid? Did you believe in God as a kid? I did. Do you believe in him now? Uh, I'm agnostic now, so I, I I won't say that there isn't a God, but I won't actively acknowledge it now either. What changed that? What changed that? Um... Again, just thinking about it, um, I had a lot of questions that couldn't be answered. Uh, or Give me the biggest one. What was the big thing that when I can't get that resolved, that's it, I'm out of here? Um, probably hell. The concept of hell. The, the very thought that, you know, there are 7 billion people now, uh, and that just a lot of those people, uh, overwhelming majority of them, are going to hell because they don't believe. Yeah. And that's what kind of did it for me. So let me try an analogy 
and you see if this persuades you in any way. If I told a lie to my child, do you know what's going to happen to me? Uh, you tell nothing. Me. Yeah, nothing. Because they don't have any power. Your child may believe it and they may not. Right. All right. Now, if I tell a lie to my wife, you know what's going to happen to me? She'll choose to believe it or not. I'll be sleeping on something that looks like this, right? Okay. Now, if I tell a lie to my boss, I could get fired. And if I tell a lie to the government, it's called treason and they can put me in jail. The one against whom I've committed the crime determines the punishment because of the authority of the one against whom Absolutely. I've committed the error. Right. Correct. Now, let's say that God exists and he's the creator of the universe and he is high and he is holy and all of my lies or all of my crimes are primarily against him. Wouldn't that help to explain that the punishment for those crimes should be far greater because he is far greater? Well, if God created seven billion people um, and chooses to send the majority of them to hell, uh, I would say that'd be a crime. Well, just to stay focused, you had a hard time, I understand, because the concept of hell, woo, it's pretty severe, eternal conscious torment, that seems pretty, pretty big. But I'm simply trying to address your concern that it seems unfair that God would send one or seven billion people to such a terrible place. I don't think it's unfair, I just think it's unrational. Why would it, why would it be irrational? Like I said, there's seven billion people. Uh, what would be an acceptable number to you? It wouldn't necessarily be the number. It would be the means to which uh, getting into heaven or, or staying out of hell uh, is achieved. Uh, if there was a, I mean... Would it be the exclusivity of Jesus that's the problem? In other words, if they could just look at a tree and believe, then that would be okay, but they have to know about Jesus and believe in him, and most people don't, so they're going to hell. Is that really the issue? Well, well let me ask you. Uh, if I live my life, Honest to goodness, life. Never heard. Never step on that bug. Never lie to my wife. Um, and essentially, subscribe to all the tenets of Christianity without actually believing in, uh, you know, Christ Himself. You know, do you think I'm still meant for hell? Here's our problem, though. I'll ask you: Have you ever told a lie? I have. Okay. So you're not without sin. Absolutely. And that's the problem. Everybody lies, steals, lusts, murders in their heart or physically with their hands or with a gun. I know where you're going with this. So everybody... You believe in Christ to, uh, you know, get rid of your sins, right? Well, I'm, I wasn't going to go there yet. I was simply trying to explain that we all deserve hell. So it's not irrational for God to find people guilty because everybody is guilty. Wouldn't it be unjust and unrighteous of God to let guilty people go? Uh, go where? Like, just off the hook? Yeah, just set him free because, well, I'm just going to let him go. A just judge would be removed from his bench because he's not just if he simply lets guilty criminals go. Because God is just, he must punish lawbreakers. And I understand the concept, well, if I'm good, but the problem is we haven't found that good person yet. We haven't found anybody who has not sinned. Okay. So, by that logic, Christians should all go to hell too? Everybody should go to hell. You are correct. That's what I think. Everybody's, everybody who's guilty anyway, just like anybody who's guilty in a courtroom, should they not be punished? Uh, they should. Absolutely. Yeah. So if God is the just judge and he sees the intentions of our heart, the deeds we do behind closed doors, every thought, everything that we do with our hands and feet, and he keeps a tally on it all as a just judge. The books are open on Judgment Day. He sees you and your docking, all the sins that you've committed, like me, he'd find you guilty, like everybody would be found guilty because 
They've committed sins against God. Therefore, we all should go. I agree with you. So how do you stay out? How do you stay out? That's the gospel. Do you remember hearing the gospel as a kid? Uh, yeah. The gospel of Jesus Christ is that God, yes, he is righteous, yes, he is just, and yes, he will punish lawbreakers, but he's rich in mercy, and he sent his son to take on human form to keep all the laws that you and I have broken. We've committed every crime against God. Jesus never did. He kept every commandment in thought, word, and deed. But more than that, he was beaten by men, stripped naked, spat upon, had a crown of thorns put on his head, was hung on a cross, where he gasped for breath. And what was happening was a real judicial action. It was a court case. God was seeing Jesus as if it were you. He was punishing Jesus for you, laying on Jesus the wrath that you deserve. And in exchange, because Jesus was perfect and he took the wrath that you deserve, God is willing to see you as if you were his son, Jesus Christ, and impute credit to you all of the righteousness, the goodness of Jesus Christ so that you can not only be seen as forgiven, but you can actually be seen as righteous, as perfect, as holy, because of what Jesus did on your behalf. That's the great good news of the gospel. And if you will respond to that good news by coming to him, repenting of your sins, turning from your sins, putting your trust in his son and him alone, that judicial exchange can take place. Your sins can be forgiven. You will be adopted as a child of God. You will inherit eternal life because of the work of Jesus Christ. Now, here's my question for you, and I'll leave you back to, to geology. If what I just told you is true, if Jesus Christ, God himself, was treated despicably by his own creation, in other words, the bugs treated the boss wickedly, spitting upon him, beating him, taunting him, mocking him, killing him with nails in his hands and feet, for you, has anybody ever done anything that kind for you? Yes. I'd love to hear about it. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. You can take any historical figure. Uh, he died for you? Yeah. He paid the so that your sins could be forgiven? And He took the wrath of God upon himself? Well, my thinking... Every minute of his day, he was thinking about you. Yeah, but... There's a know. difference. Hey, I... My, my, my question is, you know... If it's so blanket, you know, if he did this all for all of us, then why does he need the credit for it? You know? Uh, at, Jesus didn't write the Bible. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Let, let, me, let me just keep it focused for, for just a moment, if you don't mind. Do you understand what God has done for you in the person of Jesus Christ? Do you, do you grasp that to a degree? I understand what the Bible says God has done. I, that's what I'm presenting to you. You're right. Just because I say it doesn't make it true. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. There you go. Whoever believes in, yeah. Will not perish, but have everlasting life. That's good news, dude. All right. So I promised you I'd leave you alone. Here's my challenge for you today as you sit on a bench and you think deep thoughts here on the campus of UGA. Don't let this day go by without pondering this very carefully. Because if what I'm telling you is true, here's your situation. Right now, the wrath of God abides upon you. You're not his child. You're an enemy of God because you're rebelling against him, okay? But he offers you terms of peace through his son, Jesus. But you must repent and put your trust in him, all right? Lay down your arms. And he promises if you will come to him like that, he will not cast you out. He will forgive you even though you have been an enemy of him. 
That is the most important thing I believe you will hear or study all day today. Three conversations, three young men, Darian, Jose, and ETN, all searching for deeper truth. And so let's pray they actually find that truth. All right. Well, that is going to do it. We'll have more witnessing from some campus somewhere next Wednesday, and we'll have more Wretched Radio tomorrow. Same time, same place. Until then, go serve your king.